Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Balls Over the Top podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Michael Rock. And I'm Brendan Collins. And thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. We've got plenty to talk about. We can jump right into it. MLS's back tournament is going quite well. Quite well, yeah, if you're a Union fan, which we both are. uh, Union absolutely spanked Kansas City the other day. And honestly, I would say... Other than that Orlando-LA game, which I'm shocked that Orlando came out with the win. Yeah, I'm shocked uh, they took it to penalties. Which, yeah, for those of you who missed it, it was a 1-1 game that went to penalties. Uh, all the other games were not really close. No, uh, they, were all, they were all 3-1, weren't they? 3-1, 3-1. I think uh, Minnesota was 4-1, if I'm not mistaken. It was. It was yeah, four to one. It was four to one. So yeah, it was a it was an interesting series. I'll also have you know, uh, Philadelphia underlines at the time of the start of the game, according to Vegas. Uh, Portland underdogs at the start of the game, according to Vegas. Minnesota underdogs at the start of the game, according to Vegas. And Orlando underdogs at the start of the game, according to Vegas. So we had an entire round of upsets, uh, which I just think is. Four for four on the upsets. Yeah, four for four on the upsets. Um, As far as betting goes, technically the Orlando-LA game would have ended as a tie, the way that soccer bets work at the end of 90 minutes. That's what the the bet pays out as, not shootouts or anything, but for all intents and purposes. Right. Still applies. Still kind of counts. Yeah. I'm sure they were underdogs in the two advance to the next round as well. So, you know. Uh, but that was surprising. Yeah. I'm pretty excited for this next round. Uh, August 5th, we have Union versus Portland. August 6th, we have Orlando versus Minnesota. I'm confident the Union can come out with this win. I, um, I agree with you. The team that I was most afraid of in the tournament was L.A., which, since they got eliminated from Orlando, I'm not saying the other teams are guaranteed wins by any stretch. Uh, all these teams are very competitive. Just as far as matchup goes. Yeah, that was the team that that scared me the most. Yeah, it's probably probably the toughest matchup, at least for our system. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so, I think we can come out with a win. I think we're looking at a Philadelphia versus Minnesota final. Minnesota's been playing great team uh, play, really getting contributions from all over the field. Their midfield is really impressive, and I just think they're. I think they're uh, they're going to be a lot for Orlando to handle in the semifinal. Uh, I also feel like Orlando's had a really rough go of it of late. I mean, brutal grind against L.A. They played the Union in the last game of the season. That was a tough one. Um, they had to play a tough Montreal team just to just get to, to get play out of the, yeah, just to get out of the quarterfinals. Yeah. Uh, or not the quarterfinals. I guess that's the round of sixteen. I mean, and the round of sixteen, but still, that's a. I mean, that's a tough game to start the tournament. That's a physical team. Then you go up against LAFC, which is a team that can beat you with both finesse and and speed. Yeah, they do have the benefit of. I mean, they're the hometown team, so to speak. Not that there's any form of home field advantage, but there's got to be some benefit of the fact that they're playing in their own backyard. Yeah, they're playing in their own territory. They play where they train. You know, they have the at least you know local. Um, you know, uh, area kind of known to them. It feels like home, at least. Yeah, the climate. I mean, the humidity and the and the temperature down there. That's that's what they're used to. You know, uh, I would have actually thought. I mean, think about the other three teams: Philadelphia, Portland, and Minnesota. None of them have even 
remotely similar climates to Florida. Nope. Uh, the mugginess and all that stuff. So yeah, I think they get some different. advantage. But at this point, everybody's been in the bubble long enough. All of those teams have been in Orlando long enough. Mm-hmm. I feel like those other teams are really starting to adapt mm-hmm. um, to bridge that gap. Oh, true. Any any advantage that they would have had early is probably pretty much closed at this point. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it is still their city. It is, So yeah, there, there might hometown. be some underlying comfort that comes with that. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we're going we're gonna to jump across the pond for this uh, this next topic, but we, we need to talk about the oh, <laughs> FA Cup final. I am fuming. I am livid. Uh, I'm a diehard Chelsea fan, for anybody who doesn't know. They're my favorite team, and to me they're a very unique team because they're the first team I ever chose. Uh, all of my other fanhoods I was kind of born into as a Philadelphia sports fan, uh, with my that being a kind of family thing, where when it came to Premier League I had no allegiances, and Chelsea became the first team that I, you know, got to choose for my own. Yeah, I got to. Uh, they're very, very soft spot in my heart for them. Uh, they're very important to me. And they got absolutely robbed this weekend uh-huh. in the FA Cup final by the officials. Yes. Not on one case, not on two cases, but it was consistent, poor officiating going against the team in major moments. I mean, to the tune of penalty call, a penalty call that led to a goal that I thought was soft. Uh, maybe I wouldn't necessarily call that like terrible officiating and, and argue that that alone would be evidence for anything. But I would say it was a soft call, and you yeah. see contact way more not get called very frequently. Yeah. It was also on the edge of the box. It wasn't entirely in the box. The uh-huh. contact started on the outside of the box. You frequently see certain things like that. I just thought there was a lot that went on. There were a number of 50-50 collisions where they would come out and the Chelsea player would be booked or a uh, free kick of opportunity would be given to the other team, uh, to Arsenal, when I didn't think there was enough evidence for those calls. There ends up being the red card. Chelsea ends up having to play the rest of the game with a man down. There's what looked like an obvious handball, which would have led to a penalty kick for Chelsea that goes uncalled and... Unchecked by VAR? Yeah, I mean, the the, the announcers on uh, during the game yeah, said, that- oh, the check's complete, but... There was never any stoppage. The official never went and looked at a monitor. He didn't even hold the little earpiece. Yeah, he didn't even hold his little earpiece and stop stop play for a moment the next time the ball went out. Um, I just thought... And, and, and on the lead-up of play that led to the go-ahead goal for Arsenal, I thought there was a blatant foul by the uh, by the Arsenal player, by Hector Bellerin. Yeah, Bellerin's uh, little slide into... Was uh, it Marcus Alonso? Yeah, and so... I was just disgusted. I was absolutely disgusted uh, coming out of that match. And, again, didn't feel like it was a little one incident. Hey, every official's entitled to a bad call, even with VAR. Yeah. They're entitled to a bad call once in a while. But consistent, poor decisions, poor judgment, it seemed like, that were almost exclusively going against I'm not one to frequently harp on it and say, oh, it's the officials are why we lost. But this one, I mean... It's a cup final. What's it tell you when the the headline on ESPN is was Chelsea robbed of an FA Cup title? And, I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's definitely not just some uh, you know 
homer attitude, you know, bandwagon, you know, this is my team and we got robbed, you know, sore loser mentality. No, there's, there's several pieces of evidence that lead to a case that this was uh, not a good game by the officials. Uh, you know, we talk, you know, you said the first fell. It's rough, uh, but you get it. Um, Kovacic, on, on both of his fouls, could have definitely been fouls. And you could have even given them away to Arsenal. I maybe wouldn't on the first one. And the second one was one of those, you know, he gets the ball but goes through the player. So, like, maybe, you know, one of them is a yellow card, but to have both of them go against them. And then and then not checking for the handball, not, uh, you know, taking the, the time to even listen in for it. Um, it was rough. It was really rough. But do you think you have enough... Or, or what about when uh, Pedro was ridden down outside the 18-yard box? Yeah. With only a few minutes left to play. Prime free kick location. Definitely. Um, it was just discouraging. So, do you think you have enough evidence to build the case for your conspiracy theory? No, no. I don't know if I want to get into that. No, we're going to talk about it. All right. I think, maybe... I'm not by any stretch implying I have any evidence. But I think maybe there could have been some push by Arsenal to try and persuade the outcome of the game to get them into European football. For those of you who don't know, Arsenal missed out on European competition this year. Uh, The top teams in, in each domestic league, so the top teams in England, Spain, France, Italy, wherever all get invited to participate in continental tournaments that are usually very lucrative and almost dem- they're almost a status symbol to the to the team that they're good enough to be frequently you know featured in these tournaments and Arsenal who definitely did not play up to expectations this year uh, underperformed and therefore were not invited based on their play to any European competitions uh, has the chance to earn a berth in these competitions by winning this tournament. And so, for them, there was a lot on the line. Chelsea already uh, clinched top four. Uh, mm-hmm. Super proud of them, by the way, for the for that. But uh, already clinched top four. And so, they get invited to the Champions League, the highest level of European competition. Uh, Arsenal, having missed out on the top level and the lower level, needed a win there to try and get any berth whatsoever. And so I'm by no means uh, saying I know anything. But it just seems a little bit fishy. Yeah, a but fishy, just don't the, you the think? game you feel is evidence enough itself. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to our uh, next talk of, uh, of championship. But this one is the actual championship. We got a, a playoff game coming up. Uh, and we're on opposite sides of this one. That's that's always fun. Yeah, so uh, the most expensive game in sports uh, is coming up tomorrow, actually, this Tuesday. Uh, and that is the game that determines which uh, club from the second division in England earns promotion up to the top tier, up to the Premier League. And uh, most of the spots have already been decided, but there's still one spot that's, that's up for grabs. Mm-hmm. And... Whoever wins this game gets in it. The reason it's called the most expensive game in sport is, 
what the revenue sharing from the Premier League television contracts and gate revenues and everything, uh, the difference in value for these teams is is probably in the two hundred fifty million dollar range, about a yeah. uh, hundred and fifty to two hundred million pound range. It almost offers like exponential growth for the club if they're yeah. able to I manage mean, it. Yeah, you would be going from making you know. 25 million pounds in a season to 250 million pounds in a season Mm -hmm. it's it's to say it's substantial is is selling it short yeah it's quite the understatement uh and so this is a huge game and as you said we are opposite sides of this one i am a i don't want to say a supporter of fulham Mm -hmm. but throughout this playoff process fulham was one of the teams that i pegged as hoping they made it to the finals Mm -hmm. and you're a uh you like brentford you like the bees i like the bees uh, yeah, it's the Bees versus uh, FFC. Yeah, and, and I don't know, I, I always thought Fulham, I have no real allegiance to them, I'm not going to lie. I really also, I've been following the championship, but uh-huh. uh, the teams that I really uh, fancy, if you will, uh, haven't haven't made it through, so this is what we're left with. Yeah. But I was rooting for Fulham out of a sense of nostalgia. Uh, we... Growing up, having been a Premier League fan for about 10, 12 years now, uh-huh. uh, they had a good good long run in the Premier League. Good long and run. So they're a kind of a familiar face. They're yeah. a team that I grew up watching in the Prem. So. Yeah, we also have the Yank connection. We have Clint Dempsey who played with... Clint Dempsey was on that team, for absolutely. A, for a while. Um, so, so, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a team that we uh, that we know quite well and that we definitely care about. But by the same token, I I am a sucker for any team that plays a five at the back. So I uh, I'm completely throwing my hat for Brentford. Yeah, and I, and you know what? They're a fun team to watch. Uh, they had a great championship season. I think they finished third. Uh-huh. Um, at one point, I think had a run of ten unbeaten in the championship. Uh-huh. I mean, they were a lot of fun to watch. Awesome uh, players, quick players on the outside, always makes makes a game interesting. Yeah, so so it should be a good one. Uh, I think Fulham wins it, but I think it's close. I think we're looking at something like 2-1, maybe 2-2 two, two, uh, with, with penalties. Um, I think it's going to be... I think these teams are really going to be scratching and clawing to get promoted, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. That's Again, I think it's tomorrow, 3 o'clock. I believe, I, I believe so. Yeah. All right, so uh, take it back stateside. We've got the Bubble Boys uh, playing basketball. We got... Uh, a lot of good action coming back. Uh, it's been fun to have basketball again. The Pelicans game, the first game back, was a was a little bit disappointing, wasn't it? Well, yeah. So, so I got to say, overall, I've actually been a little disappointed with the basketball. Obviously, it's great to have it back. We went from no sports forever. Soccer back was great, but you know. The more the merrier. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to discriminate. It's when we're stuck here at home for the most part, getting to watch this stuff is awesome. Yeah. But I was disappointed because if you listened last week, I am a huge advocate and fan of Zion Williamson. I think the Pelicans are the reason why this format was adopted. And I keyed them as the team to watch. And I felt really dumb when they put Zion on a short minutes restriction and all of a sudden they went from, by the way, dominating and having the lead when he was actively playing to kind of flailing and and ending up losing as a result. And it's just kind of like, what 
I, I'm scratching my head. Yeah. Having someone on a minutes restriction, I understand preserving his health. And maybe you don't want to rush back into things too big, too much. But he's a professional athlete. You have maybe maximum of eight games left in the season. Yes. Why are you not? Why are you not going just full going sale for it? For it? Yeah. yeah, not recklessly. Not not playing him for thirty straight minutes and you know yeah. blows out a knee or whatever. Yeah, not putting him on for thirty six. But really, like fifteen minutes for a professional athlete who's like twenty years old. I know he's a he's a uh, like a freak of nature, and I didn't mean that in a bad way. But I know he's he's and he is also physically off an injury. But but by the same token, you would you would hope that for the sake of their season, they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't shut him down an entire half. Especially when the whole world has been yearning for sports, yeah, and the eyes of everyone are on on the restart, and then yes, this is a national stage where he could have really. It could have been the Zion show. Yeah, it could have been the uh, yeah. It could have been the the first we'd really seen of Zion. Yeah, that made him look special. the arrival. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, so really disappointed in that. And, and to that tune, and for a team like they would almost not meet this criteria, a team like like New Orleans. So I don't know, but I feel like there's been a lack of desire in the bubble itself or, or in the NBA restart. I feel like there's a laissez-faire attitude. I feel like these games are almost irrelevant, and for 80% of the teams right now, they the games are irrelevant. Yeah. And it's it's been, it's led to, I think, lackluster games. Uh, I think it's led to a lot of upsets, which has been... I mean, I guess upsets are fun. I don't, I'm not the guy sitting here always rooting for the favorite and rooting for the you know dominant teams, but... I don't know. It just seems like there's no rhyme or reason, and there's not that hunger that we saw kind of in the other leagues, you know, when soccer came back. Maybe not as much the MLS's back tournament, but, you know, everybody was finishing out their seasons. They were sprinting for the finish line. Uh, Same with hockey now, as we've seen. There's been a a level of competition has been immense. Yeah, and these guys are rusty, rusty. And, And we'll be getting to that in a second. But... I don't know. It yeah. just seems kind of like there's this, oh, you know, uh, like like I watched the, uh, I watched one game the other night, and oh my goodness, I am totally spacing on who it was. It was the Dallas Mavericks, uh, and they had multiple possessions to end the game, down by two points, and they kept on going for three, and the announcers were totally perplexed, and then they were came to the conclusion where they were just like, oh. You know, I guess just they didn't really feel like playing overtime. It's like, yeah, for a team like the Mavericks, they pretty much have their seed locked up. Mm-hmm. They're going to be where they're at. They're going to be where they're at. And so for them, it's let's go for the three-pointer to win or let's just go home. Yeah. We're done. I'm not even home. Let's go back to our bubble room. Yeah, let's go back you know. and play ping pong. Like. But, like, uh, that, as a consumer, that, that left me, uh, I don't know, it leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. That's true. Well, on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have hockey bag, and hockey has been pretty electric so oh, far. Oh, what a treat. What a treat hockey's been so far. And really, you're basically jumping almost immediately back into playoffs because all these games <laughs> matter for these teams. Exactly. Exactly. The format's been great. Uh, the top four teams in each conference getting the chance to uh, compete for the top uh, seating rights and, and the top, you know, what would be home base advantage, which, I mean, 
doesn't really mean too much. I guess the the better seeding is going to be the the bigger part, getting to have constantly be playing the best advantage until the finals yeah. of the lowest seed. But it's been awesome. Uh, the Flyers playing in the round robin were a ton of fun to watch. They looked um, fantastic. Wishing a speedy recovery to a uh, personal favorite, Michael Raffle. Yeah, the Rafflecopter. Um, and even then, the 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 play-in rounds for the five through twelve seeds on each side have been a blast. We we saw the five seeds on both sides lose the first game, and this is the best of five series. That's that's huge. Yeah. So no, it's a, it's a, it's it's crazy. It's uh, and we, you know, yeah, it's been a lot of fun having hockey back. All right, so we also have Major League Baseball dealing with another outbreak. What do you mean? Everything's fine. Everything. Just trugging along. Everything's fine. I've never even heard of a team called the Cardinals. What's an out- What outbreak? That's a dumb name for a team. Outbreak a of home runs. <laughs> break, um. break, breaking out a, a couple of uh, stolen bases, maybe. Yeah, but no, the uh, MLB... Honestly, I, I'm. I think they've. We- I don't want to say weathered the storm. That implies they're out of the woods. By no means are they out of the woods. No. But I'm surprised that the outbreak that they had didn't explode. Seems like the two teams that we were talking about last week that were dealing with outbreaks and concerns mm-hmm. were the Phillies and the Marlins. Yeah. Uh, both of those teams actually returned to play tonight. Yeah. Today. Uh, so that's a good sign. On the downside to that, the Cardinals, it seems like, are in full crisis mode. Yes. And having to cancel everything. Uh, and so maybe they'll be able to just kind of have one or two teams deal with this at a time and re- rebound and recover in time that everything works out. But I'm I'm skeptical. Yes. I'm really skeptical. Uh, I'm glad the Phillies are back. Uh, you know, at one point we were joking that maybe that was the whole baseball season, you know. And so, it's good to see them back, even though they're getting spanked by the Yankees right now. Yeah, well, as that we was, speak, that's that was expected. expected. Exactly. Um, it's it's substantial, no. and and yeah. it shows that maybe they'll be able to keep limping their way through it. I still think that raises major concerns for the NFL coming back. He, absolutely. If baseball is struggling to manage and not adopting a, bu- a bubble system. Uh, I don't know how football is going to be able to pull it off. Yeah, which which I think kind of maybe brings us to our next point. Uh, unless there was some more hockey you wanted to. Uh, no, we on, can we, we can jump into it. Uh, we got bags being exchanged. Yeah, there's a. Oh oh yeah, I guess in that sense. Uh, speaking of football, yes. Uh, the XFL announced today that they have a agreement in principle with a ownership bid from Dwayne The Rock Johnson for a staggeringly small $15 million. Yes. I say that, by the way, I would love $15 million. I don't mean to belittle $15 million, but... When you consider that Vince McMahon was looking to put in, at one point it was reported he was willing to spend up to $500 million on operations for the league, uh, and then they fold 
after only a few games and looking pretty dumb in the process, yeah, basically five games saying. Of- Pretty weak football. It was weak football, but they also remember they were like, oh, COVID's not going to stop us. We're going to be the league you get to watch during all this. And then, like, a bunch of their players were like, oh, no, we have COVID. And they're like, okay, we're done. We are shutting down and... Bankruptcy. Filing for bankruptcy. (laughs) Yeah, so um, $15 for an entity that we were talking hundreds of millions and you know, supposedly had the credibility of Vince McMahon and on all this stuff, which, by the way, I'm giving no credibility to Vince McMahon. I, no. I was I was referring to that as just a thing that apparently carries weight. Yes. But he I give apparently him, has some. We didn't, we I, did not I've yet any. to see it. Yeah, no, we're not the... <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't decide that. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't... We didn't sign that. Um, we didn't sign that change.org petition. We didn't co-sign that sentiment. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be exciting to see if uh, if The Rock is able to uh, pull it off. Yeah, I think everybody loves The Rock. He's a if there's anybody that can create he's a American spectacle. icon. Yeah, he's a national treasure. He uh, he really is. He really is though. I, I didn't even. Could you imagine if he was? Both commissioner and president of the United States, that'd be wild. Yeah, I wonder if he'd have to give up his business, or if, if, if for him they'd be like, "Nah, it's fine." No, he can just he, give it, he can just give it to Pebble, and it's fine. Um, I'm curious. Um, Fox and ESPN and all of these companies that actually, I don't know how they did this in the first place, but had cemented broadcasting deals with the XFL uh, and I, by the way I'm not saying how they did this the broadcasting companies they opened up their wallet and made a terrible investment yeah. the XFL yeah, I don't know however how they con- secured exactly that's that's the real mystery there a, and a so a bunch of Disney owned corporations to uh, exactly show out some money they have like two thirds of Disney's portfolio paying them to broadcast games uh, Hulu has live sports yeah. um, and so yeah, apparently they all want to renegotiate that and said they're only willing to broadcast under new agreements. I imagine ones that pay the XFL the proportionate amount of money that they should be making. Yeah. Uh, which, if that's the case, again, I don't know how a league can operate when you know your baseline is $15 million, not $500 million, and you're trying to have rosters of tens of people playing a sport that's extremely dangerous. But if anyone can do it... Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Exactly. He's got my vote. All right, in much better football, in, much oh, worse in news. In real football, yeah, real football-related news, but nowhere near as fun of a topic. The NFL has continued to have a ton of players drop out, and we've seen that positive COVID list really growing in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Somebody near and dear to our hearts, Dougie Fresh. Dougie Fresh. Get Doug him. Peterson, unfortunately, testing positive, so best wishes to him. Yes. Apparently, he's asymptomatic. He's feeling just fine. He's feeling fine. Hopefully, I, he, can, he can get back. We, we yeah, trust hopefully, it stays daily. that way. Uh, exactly. And he came out today. He said he's he's fully adamant he can run the team remotely. And, hey, if there's one guy I put my faith in, it's Dougie P. So, yeah. um, big news for him. But we've seen a lot of substantial players, uh, again, a number of starters and still, as we discussed last week, dropping out and, mm-hmm. and opting out of the season. But we've also seen a lot of players testing positive. Remember, yeah. the first two rounds of testing happened in the last week for the NFL as they're getting ready to reopen for training camps. Uh, some of them have already started doing certain workouts. Um, 
it's going to be really interesting. We've it's already seen tough. two starting quarterbacks. Yep. Both uh, both Gardner Minshew and your favorite quarterback of all time, Blatz Blatford. Matt Blafford. Uh, yeah, no, Gardner Minshew and Matt Stafford. I, it's funny because I, that was probably the biggest compliment I'll give him, which uh, I referred to him and Gardner Minshew as two starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, it is factually accurate. They are two starting quarterbacks. Gardner Minshew earning the job and, and really having his first one, and Matt Stafford not earning the job, and yet for the last decade just sacking away money from the Detroit Lions organization. Remember, at one point, this is a guy was the highest paid, not just quarterback, but player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. For what? Zero playoff wins. Yeah. He's somehow responsible for multiple 5,000-yard seasons, but sorry, did I say somehow responsible? I meant he had Calvin Johnson. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's, I don't get it. I don't get how, even like, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't get how a guy like Andy Dalton or Joe Flacco lose their jobs before a guy like Matt Stafford. And I'm really scraping the bottom of the barrel with those two names. But we're, he's he's the definition of like mediocrity. He's. Uh, I think I think mediocrity plus staying healthy equals a long quarterback career. And how healthy has he stayed? I feel like every season he's like bruising his thumb, missing two or three games. It's never like those catastrophic season enders. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's what matters for quarterbacks can take two games if your team's good enough. Your team can take you know. Yeah, his team's games. never good enough. Well, that's because he also plays for the Detroit Lions. It's a say it's, uh, it's a snake that eats itself out there. But who knows? I don't know. I don't. I don't think Matt Stafford's as bad as you think he is. I think he has decent arm strength. He has decent mobility. I think he's one of those quarterbacks that has um, above average qualities in kind of everything, but doesn't do anything particularly special. And as a result, doesn't do too much. But when you offer uh, stability and uh, not a lot of issues from the quarterback position, tends to endear you to NFL teams and tends to mean you get to keep yeah, your job for a long there's time. There's some sort of record of success. There's some sort of periodic demonstrations of something that makes you worthwhile, makes you invaluable. It, it, it warrants your position on the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, even, even Mark Sanchez went to multiple AFC championship games. I mean, Matt Stafford, what has he done? I, I just don't get it. And so, yeah, I'm sorry, this is a little bit of a rant. The whole point was he uh, he, he tested positive for COVID, and by the way, I hope, uh, hope he recovers. Best wishes for Matt Stafford. But, sorry, just a guy that no, it's, it's, I think is overrated yeah. as anything. In, in the world of sports, uh-huh. with uh, people constantly... Arguing about people being overpaid, or people having positions, you know, starting jobs or positions, whether it be coaches, whether it be athletes that they don't deserve, I think Matt Stafford should be damn near the top of that list. Who would you take, Matt Stafford or Kirk Cousins? Oh, that's easy, Kirk Cousins. I see. I disagree. Oh, that's easy, Kirk Cousins. No, I would. Ra- I would rather have Matt Stafford because Kirk Cousins was a six-round pick. The first. Six seven years of his career, you had him at a, such a bargain. And Kirk Cousins has never been the highest paid quarterback or player. 
No, I know, but he's yeah. been, you've had to you've had to put franchise tags on him. He's he didn't have to do that. That's just Dan uh, Snyder's. That's right, because the Washington football <laughs> team is a garbage organization. God, that's great. It's so funny to be saying the Washington football team. And, and then that's and, the actual name. And, and we're no longer being... Uh, just like, politically correct. Yeah, we're just like, being correct. We're no longer... <laughs> we're no longer, like... We're no longer protesting yeah. a name. It's like, no, that's just what it is now. Yeah, that's it. But that's the ultimate sign of winning a protest. Yeah. You just... That's just how it is. Yeah, you just... You get to do that now. Oh, so... NFL, I'm still total question mark as to how it's going to work. I hope more than anything they pull it off. It's it's maybe the most fun sport to watch, uh, at least fun, definitely in the U.S. the most fun sport to watch, and uh, I'm I'm really hopeful, but I am sure optimistic, or I'm sure, no, I'm suspect, Skepti- skeptical, yeah, yeah, not necessarily optimistic. Yeah, um, well, I'm optimistic. I hope it. I hope it takes off i hope uh we get to see the sports that we're hoping to see especially coming up in the fall i don't know how it happens uh, hope they keep giving us stuff to talk about yes we we need to be able to make content so let's uh, yeah let's hope for it uh, and i think that that kind of wraps it up uh yeah thank you guys for uh for listening again uh please leave any comments or questions or if there's anything you want us to talk about or address yeah feel free to know feel free to reach out to us uh you know either through uh podomatic we're also on twitter and instagram at b-o-t-t podcast uh so you guys can reach out to us we'd love to hear uh comments feedback whatever if you even have a, a hot take that we want to uh argue with on the show please send it in and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one.